Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Join us for a journey as we go back to the great civilizations of the past. Who were the people? What were they like? How did they begin? And how did they end? Let's find out on this episode of Fan of History. Hello, Dan. Hello, Bernie. Let's begin this episode of 630s with uh, some interesting characters and laws. All right. So, uh, someone is born in 630 BC. He is, Sappho. mention her. And her? Yes. Who is she? She is the poet on the Isle of Lesbos, who hmm. is responsible for the meaning of the word lesbian. We will talk, really? Yeah, we'll talk more about her when, uh, when she starts writing stuff. Okay. Maybe we made, can do some of her quotes. Yes, we can do lesbian quotes. That would be great. That would be great. I know, I, I know Lily would like that. So we'll do some lesbian quotes. And uh, when we are in, um, in that realm, we'll talk about something much more sinister. Really? Formal pederasty. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, you know, we had a message. I, I had a message from our, our listener about that. Okay. And he was asking about, you had mentioned it in an episode. I think not one of my episodes, when we were together. Okay. So I think he should, he should know, tell us a little bit about it, if you know. 630 BC is the date given for the introduction of formal pederasty. That huh. is love between men and boys. And this happens in Crete. So it's a law... It's something wow. decided that pederasty is a good thing because it helps with population control and with education. And this will go rampant in Athens later. 
Wow. But not in Sparta, as we have discussed. Because yeah. the Spartans can't have men having sex with boys because men have to have sex with women, so there can be more Spartans. Didn't they have a buddy in the army? I thought they had a buddy. You know, they would when you got into the army, you got a buddy, you know, an older buddy. Yes, but um, and this is much debated, but when I looked deeply into that when I made the Spartan episode, it seems that the Spartans were quite homophobic. Huh. Because they had to have more Spartans. But that doesn't go for uh, many other Greeks of the time. Yeah. Uh, History on Fire did a, recently did a podcast on the, the, the band of Thebes. And he discussed and some. So there were some that were, you know, for and some against, you know. Yes, the Sacred Band of Thebes is a pretty beautiful story, I think. Um, I don't think it involves pederasty because these guys were uh, adults. Adult no, it doesn't involve pederasty. No, 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 definitely not. But just the um, um, Danelli Bellelli's uh, podcast on, you know, some of some of the leaders were against that. They, they didn't. They were. They didn't think it was a good thing. Homosexual, being homosexual. Some did, and some didn't. It wasn't a hundred percent accepted, I guess. But it wasn't like today. It's a good podcast if you ever get, listen to a History on Fire. We'll talk more about pederasty in Athens when um, we get to classic Athens. Okay. So yeah, dark subject, new subject. Yes. What else we got? You want to talk about the Olympics? We have some colonies founded. Let's just mention them. We'll mention them, and I think we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna try to come back to you guys with more of them, right? You tell me tell me some of these colonies. Miletus, the great uh, great city city on the coast of Turkey, uh, they go into the Black Sea and found the colony of Sinope. Okay. Messana founds the colony of Hymera on Sicily. And the Greek presence on Sicily is growing. And you know who doesn't like that? Carthaginians. Oh, yes, they hate it. For now, it's great to have someone nearby to trade with, but soon trouble will be brewing. Yeah. The Greeks are moving into Egypt at this time, too. There's no colony per se because Egypt is there, but they kind of do. They have a, I think the, there's an island. I think it's Elephantine. There's an island that the, they let the they let the Greeks uh, trade on, so they're really starting to find this area. Samedicus or Samtik, the Egyptian pharaoh, he has yeah. so many names. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy who is there is an Assyrian vassal, but uh, Assyria is kind of losing contact with him. Yeah, he is importing Greeks. He loves Greeks, and not in a pederast way. Right. So he's importing merchants and soldiers from Greece and from mainly from uh, the um, Greek-like states in Turkey. Yeah, I know a lot of those um, Carians and Greeks are coming there. Yes. So let's talk about him. This is the 26th dynasty. Yeah. And Semedicus put there and his family put there in under such dire circumstances during the Assyrian campaigns there, he is just enjoying himself. He is the yeah. pharaoh of Egypt for 54 years, which is also contested, of course. Uh, at some point, he is carrying out a 29-year siege of Ashdod, Jeez. which is a city in uh, east on yeah. in the Levant. Uh, nobody knows exactly when this happened, but he had 54 years to do it. So uh, during half his reign, he's besieging Ashdod. Yeah, 
that's crazy. I remember there's some papers on that too. Because that was also like, he must have, Assyria had to be super weak by then. Well, it's not super weak yet, and uh, but he's just handling Assyria and have a great relationship with them. He is keeping the Nubians in the south, far away from Egypt, and he also has no problems with with the Libyans. But then, he, I mean, he must be besieging Ashdod for the in the for the Assyrians because it can't be an Assyrian city if he's besieging it. No, it's definitely not Assyrian, and maybe he did it on order from Ashurbanipal. That's what I mean, because didn't didn't Sennacherib take Ashdod back in his day? Pretty sure when he... We will notice that when Samedicus realizes that the Assyrian Empire is crumbling, he will come to save it. Yep. Yep. Uh, south of Egypt, we have... There are really very few uh, news from Egypt. It seems quite stable at this time. Yeah. But south of Egypt is Kush, and the Nubians... And they have been beat down. They've been driven out of Egypt long ago now. But they still keep up appearances. Mm-hmm. And we have Senkamonisken. Oh, you're the best. Who thinks he's <laughs> uh, the pharaoh. But he is the king of Kush. And he takes power probably because dating uh, Kush is very hard. But he is probably taking the throne in 640 BC uh, peacefully. And he will be ruling for 20 years. And they are keeping, they are making Egyptian statues. They have hieroglyphs. They are like, oh, we are the Egyptians. But newsflash, you're not. <laughs> right. Well, this would be like Taharka's family. Yes. And they're claiming that, uh, no, it's just an Assyrian puppet on the throne of Egypt. We are the real pharaohs. Oh, right. Yeah, that could play well, I imagine, in the, in the temples and stuff. There is actually an inscription in Egypt mentioning this guy, Sen Kamanisken. Hmm. He appears on a fragment on an offering table from Memphis. So he has maybe contributed to the temple there or something. Yeah. It's their, I mean, their old uh, hood. <laughs> it's like we yeah. remember Memphis. It was nice. Yeah, before the Assyrians messed it up and now this guy's friends with him. Really, two different groups. Think about it. Like, I think the Nubians probably were more Egyptian. If you think about, it, like, you know, this Semiticus guy, he's got all these Greeks. He's into the Greeks. He's probably somewhat Libyan. He's kind of moving on, whereas the the yeah, Kru- true. Nubians are just, oh no, we're doing the same. He want to make Egypt great again. <laughs> yes, he actually even <laughs> builds the pyramids. He's buried in a pyramid in Nuri. Oh, this guy does. Yes. That's pretty cool. They they found all those pyramids. Have you seen that? They, all those pyramids they found in Nubia that they've just been recently excavating. It's pretty interesting. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, there's a bunch of them. Taharka's not really buried there with the rest of them. Remember, he was on Jebel Barco, but there's this whole, all these kings in Nubia that they've, it's a big Smithsonian dig. It's a hole. But the Nubians are kept away. Yeah. And let's leave them and go to Judah. Back to Judah. Yes, the one remaining Jewish kingdom ruled by Josiah. Yeah. Who, uh, Isn't it weird that his son's name was Amon? It was such a Brit- English name. I mean, it was such an Egyptian name. That's just really... Uh, Josiah was uh, also hard, a bit hard to but in 641 or 640, he becomes the king of Judah at the age of eight. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, he he rules for 31 years which is of course because he started at eight so he <laughs> that's quite short actually but uh, the bible both kings and chronicles say that he did the right things he was a good you oh they love him but remember that uh, the true faith uh, described in the old testament is not clearly defined yet that will happen during the exile in babylon mm-hmm. but he he's doing good things the bible loves him and they really don't speak much about him we only know this guy from biblical text right. nobody else mentioned him the assyrians don't mention him egypt doesn't mention him babylon doesn't mention him we don't have any archaeological evidence for him. But it seems hard to imagine somebody else on the throne of Jude at this point. Yeah, I mean, I have to go with you there. I mean, yeah, I, I, I didn't realize we had zero evidence because we know he has a little tip, a little, te- what would you say, a little fight with Egypt later on. But um, it's, um, yeah, he's also the guy that introduces Deuteronomy during his time. Oh, the book of Deuteronomy, I think, believe we have an episode on that. Yes, me and Gary did. So Deuteronomy was found in the temple under the reign of, of uh, uh, Josiah. And it's such a, so anachronistic to me. It's just like, no way Moses wrote that 600 years before. It's so, you know, so many things about the time. And it's basically like how you have to worship God, like how, you know, the ritual and stuff like that. A lot of ritual in it. And they said, we weren't doing this right and we've been... You know, blah blah blah. So we have to do it the right way. And um, he smashed all the other ten idols, and you know, not like not like his grandfather, wicked, wicked Manassas, and all that. Hmm. But that Amon thing just really, I really, just, just think about it. Like Ashdod is being besieged by the Egyptians for all this time, and then there's like this Egyptian named Amon. Like a, a weird name is you know king in Judah, and then this other guy, he's smashing the other idols. I mean, we don't really think of the think of the Assyrians as like religious warriors where they made you do their religion, but they kind of did. You still kind of had to do the things, and it's kind of, I don't know, I just feel like they're so unraveling around this time. You know, and this, I think, like we think, maybe Ashurbanipal either is sick. They don't know. He doesn't say anything. He's either sick. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, 
and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Retired, you know, dead, just hanging. We don't know. I don't think, I'm not sure that Josiah controls us, Dodd. No, he doesn't, but you said that the Semiticus is, is attacking Ashdod. Ashdod's not that far from Jerusalem. Definitely not. Yeah, so, you know, they don't have a total control over there. And sad to say, Judah is not a very important place in the 630s BC. It's uh, a small Assyrian vassal state. But what's happening there will have a lot of ram right at this time, with them doing the Deuteronomy and smashing out all the other gods and becoming pure Yahwehist. That's going to have a lot of ramifications for today, wouldn't you say? It will. (laughs) Let's mention the powerful Median Empire. Yeah, they must be getting powerful by now. It's uh, so unclear. Yeah. If I think if there even was a Median Empire. But the Medes are around. They've been around for a long time. They are hiding out in uh, the mountains in what is today Iran. And they are having a lot of trouble with uh, uh, the Scythians. Yeah. Uh, They are ruled at this time. And of course, in the great tale of Cyrus the Great, they control the Persians at this time as well. So the Persians are under median control. Okay. They are ruled by Fraortes. But the dating of this guy is incredibly hard. Hard. It's so hard to tell if it's, I know. That's the Greek name for him, too, right? That's the Greek name for him, too. So he could add another name. Oh, yes, yes. He is uh, the second king of the Median Empire in the Greek sources. Uh, he either dies in 653 BC, that is long before this episode, but other sources have him dying in 625, which would have him ruling for 53 years. Yeah. So uh, he's credited with uniting all the Median tribes into a single state, conquering yeah, the allegedly. Persians and the Parthians. Oh, the Parthians yes. too. Uh-huh. It will mm-hmm, be a long mm-hmm. time before they become important. Yeah. But he also had a great relationship with first Esarhaddon and then Ashurbanipal. Mm-hmm. Of course, the Elamites are gone or very, right. very beat up. So they are not a problem. So he is uh, securing his power and the power of the Medes in Iran, outside yeah. of a Syrian sort of control. Right. And, and it's sort of as a response to it, too, because, I mean, if, if he was smart, he'd probably saying, you know, like, look at these Assyrians, they're kicking everyone's asses. They just destroyed Elam. You know, that's because they weren't really united. You better, like, get your, we can't be, like, doing being like this. He will remain loyal to the Assyrians until they start to lose control of the empire. And then, of course, he will join in. As Dan would say, as you would say, way to go, Freyordes. <laughs> I love when you say that. <laughs> okay, let's talk a little about the Scythians. Or the yeah. Scythians? How do you pronounce it? It, it could go either way. I think Scythians, I say in my head, but it probably is Scythians. So, remember when we introduced the Cimmerians? Mm-hmm. They were actually fleeing from the Scythians. Right. 
because they are very much alike. They are a horse people of the steppes. Right. And they have been like making small raids into um, the Middle East. But now we, we haven't talked about them. They have been a powerful f- thing for a long time. But they have been allied to the Syrians, which is why they they actually married. Let's see. Let's, let's go deeply into this. They will actually threaten Egypt as well. But as long as Assyria remains strong, the Scythians are bothering the Medes and other people on the periphery. Yeah. Should Assyria lose control, this is a really dangerous people. Yeah. They're Mongols. They're proto-Mongols. There's no other way to put it. They're Huns. They're Mongols. They're, they're all them, you know? So they, they are first mentioned in 680. By the Assyrians. Uh, An earlier king, Bartatua, (laughs) he decided that raiding the Assyrian Empire was a pretty bad idea and approached Esarhaddon in 672 and asked the hand of Esarhaddon's daughter, Serua Eterat, in marriage. Ah. And Esarhaddon, of course, being Esarhaddon, question an oracle about this <laughs> and we have this question preserved what is it so should i marry my daughter to this crazy barbarian Bartatua? <laughs> and uh, we don't know if the marriage happened it's not recorded but uh, it seems that it did because the skidians were suddenly very friendly with the assyrians uh-huh. and there might also be assyrian royal blood in the Scythian royal family because of this. And, you know, that may be why Dugdami got it, too, because maybe the Scythians did get Dugdami. Or maybe they did. They they seem to have this ability to just sort of ride through to everywhere yeah. because they will attack Egypt sh- soon, not in the 630s BC. Yeah, I know. I, gotta, I hope I find that because I've been trying to figure that out. They are fighting the Thracians. They, have, uh, they are fighting the Medes. And they're like everywhere. So yeah, they're, they're like they're, all over. Yes, they seem to be very mobile. Big time. Just like Mongols. I mean, they can move. But as long as Assyria remains strong, this is not a great concern for the civilized nations. So let's hope Assyria remains strong. Ah, it won't remain strong. <laughs> <laughs> so Remember those intelligence services too. They are yeah. like uh, upgraded Cimmerians. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like the Huns and the Avars are pushing against. I'm sure they were pushing in China the other direction too, or, you know. I don't think they are. Not. I think the the great steps are too great at this time. They just all move. I just listened to a. I listen. I listened to Dan. Dan Carlin has a new uh, hardcore history of Dendemo, and he he talks about the the great steps being sort of like an ocean. Yes. They're either a barrier or a or a highway. Depending on, you know, so if you're one of the steppe tribes, they're a highway. If you're a civilized nation, they're an ocean. Yes, I, I heard that episode too. Hardcore History, yeah. great podcast. Let's talk about the Persians. Oh. Because soon they will be everywhere, whereas the Parthians will have to wait a long time. Yeah, a couple hundred years. thousand probably. So the Persians are around. They claim themselves to be dominated by the Medes at this time. They are ruled by Taispes, 
uh, who dies in 640 BC. He is the ruler of Anshan, their capital. Oh, yeah. He is a direct ancestor of Cyrus the Great. And uh, he has two sons, confusingly named Cyrus and <laughs> Arya Ramnes. So Cyrus the First, the son of Taspes, is the grandfather of Cyrus the Great. I see. Taspes was actually the guy who took Anshan from the Elamites. Okay. What? Okay. When was that around? Do we know? Sorry. When was that? Like year was that around that he we, did we that? We don't we know? know when it happened, but it oh, was okay. probably when the Elamites were down for the count. Right. After the Ashurbanipal pulled down the ziggurat and everything. He is um, claiming that he is loyal to the Assyrians and their vassal state. Good plan. Maybe only because the Medes are. And the Medes yeah. are calling the shots in Iran. Yeah. I still think it'd be a good plan at this point. Me, bide your time. Yeah. So the next uh, king of Anshan is Cyrus the First, not Cyrus the Great. Then he's Cyrus, Cyrus the Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Cyrus the the somewhat capable. <laughs> uh, in six thirty nine BC, Ashurbanipal claims victory over Elam again. And um, Cyrus is mentioned in in some sort of Assyrian text. Yeah, I kind of remember that. He has to send his son, Aruku, to Assyria to pay tribute to Ashurbanipal. That's right. That's right. That was after the after that great revol- revolution. That's when everything just changed. So I think for Assyria and Ashurbanipal, like it was, that's when all the people started coming in and they, you know, doing the, those kind of things and. You know, kissing his feet, but well, I think they were wiped out. Uh, there is mention of someone named Kuras of Parsumas in the Assyrian record. That you kind of assume is Cyrus, mm-hmm. but uh, he seems to be uh, doing important things before the death of Cyrus' father. So it's uh, unclear. Of course. That's the hard part. But I think it's our fans will go. We'll, we, it's good that we're getting like the even if we don't know the exact date, we're getting this. What's happening in the period? You know, we can be fairly sure that Cyrus is the ruler of the Persians and that he is around at this time and will be around for quite a long while. And wait, so you so this Cyrus, not Cyrus the Great, this is Cyrus the Okay, and his son, his son was sent to. To Nineveh, right? One of his sons, yes. One of his sons, and it, that's not the son that became king. Probably next, we don't. Are we not sure yet? But the point is, I think it's interesting. Cambyses is that the, the first is the next king, but that's a long time in the future. For this Cyrus guy, Cyrus the Okay, will be around for a long time. Gotcha. You see how though the Persians are learning from the Assyrians now. You know, like they're there, they're really learning, and they, you know, pretty much they say to per this, you know, that the. The Persians just took over the Assyrian, uh, you know, system when they eventually did. The Babylonians took it, then the Persians did. So you see, they're learning, you know, how to. I mean, the Persia is a small little area, and among the vassal state of the Medes, and they become, you know, the Assyrians on steroids. Yes, and it's easy to give the Persians a lot of credit at this time because we know what will happen. 
but they are a vassal state of a vassal state right, right now. Exactly. So, and of course, the, their history is so colored by later events. Yes, people eating each other's kill children in front of people and stuff like that. And that's a great story. I can't wait till we do. We're definitely doing that one. Yes, we'll we'll get back to the Persians for for a few episodes. At oh the yeah, time. I'm not going to be done before that. We get to that one. We're eating people on this podcast. <laughs> Remember our Patreon as well. If you like yes, the podcast, please. consider being a contributor on Patreon.com. Search for Fan of History. Yes. Uh, there you choose a sum you donate us per episode. And if we make an episode, we get the money. If we don't make one, we don't get any money. So it's not yes. a monthly thing. It's per episode. But it is charged the month after the month the episode was published. So that's good to know so you don't get confused by that. Yes. Okay. We do appreciate it. Onwards, yeah. closer to the fall of the Empire. Yeah, one more decade closer to the fall of the Empire. Oh, thanks, cool. everybody, and thanks, Dan. Thank you, Bernie. See you next time. See Cheers. Next time. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash fanofhistory. Just a dollar an episode would help us out. Thanks, and see you next time. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.